2: homes.com. We've done your homework. This is
3: Intimate Knowledge with Megan King. Shh, it's a show about sex.
2: Welcome back to Intimate Knowledge. I'm your host, Megan King. Today, we have an awesome show Laid out for you guys with Lala Kent coming up, but first I want to talk to you guys about some headlines update you on the Kenny situation with me and my relationship, and um, and then I want to talk to Lala about some of these headlines too. So, oh my gosh, but this is crazy. So before I start, I have to tell you guys, I, I have a we have this podcast, Intimate Knowledge. It's a show about sex and intimacy, and I'm on my computer, I'm typing away. And I get a text from my team with... um, It's like a link to all these uh, sex toys. And it was really interesting. And I'm reading about it. And so I copy and paste the link. And I send it back to the group message with you know, some feedback. And next thing I know, my mom texts me and says, Oh, what's this link for? I sent the link to my mom and dad, who I have banned from listening to the show, by the way. My mom says, So did you contribute to this article in some way or did you want to put something on your Christmas list or were you suggesting something for dad and me? I was freaking mortified. I was like, no, 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 no. And I just, I, my, my mom's response was perfect. And also probably like 50% serious. My dad, I think was like six feet under in his grave, like about to like throw the dirt on the coffin until I had said, I said, no, that wasn't for you. Like he he couldn't handle it. He just said, thank God. So yeah, that's the things that happen when you have a podcast about Seth. So going straight to into headlines. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's talk about Kenny. Kenny's fine. Everything's good. The end there. Nothing new. So I am reading about... So I read about how Bethany Frankel clapped back at her former co-stars for bashing her new podcast. And um, she says that she she was one of the you know the only housewives who quit on their own i actually quit on my own too on our, my own terms and um and so she's like you know what this is what i want to do whatever let me do it so i'm interested to 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 hear her um to hear her recaps and you know what she's not going to come back to housewives probably so let her do her her thing and if she has the same touch on her podcast as she did on skinny girl then girl keep on going so Lisa Rinna is apparently on the Housewives bubble. Is she going to come back or is she not? Now, this is what she said in this article. She said that she Lisa Rinna would be happy to have anyone on the show with her, but Kathy Hilton said that she would only come back if Lisa was out. Now, okay, this could look like Kathy Hilton is a whiny little bitch, but I disagree because Kathy Hilton is just putting her mental health first, in my opinion. I know what it's like to be on a TV show with toxic people. And it's a very small group, five people, six people on the show. And that's really your life for three or four months. And you have to hang out with people you don't like, even if you hate them. So that would include Lisa Rinna and Kathy Hilton's place case. And so I can understand that. Now, Lisa Rinna says she would hang out with anyone because Lisa Rinna doesn't want to lose her job. Smart, Lisa. However... It's a little thirsty, but then again, I hate the word thirsty because, like, we all were on reality television. Lisa's an actor; like, we know we like to be in front of the camera. Um. Then, I read this article, which I thought was just real bold. Top ten worst people to ever be featured on the reality reality um to ever be featured on the Real Housewives. So they're not all cast members, but number one. This is interesting because it was the psychic Alison Dubois. This is the dinner party from hell. I think this is a very famous episode. And I remember this one because I've read all of Alison Dubois's books. She is an incredible psychic medium and she, her books are what initially got me interested in kind of the other, like the spiritual side of being psychic or, you know, having being like a clairvoyant of whatever type. And I was blown. I read them before this. She ever went on the show. But you know what she said that stuck with me? She said that Kyle Richard's husband, Mauricio, would never emotionally satisfy her. Now, that's a bitchy thing to say. And it wasn't constructive, which I don't like, and I don't appreciate it. I think that's an immoral way to use your gift. But stuck with me. I wonder if it's true. They're still together. They seem very happy. So I guess um, jokes on on, uh, Allison on that one. All right. So then we have Brooks. Obviously, he lied about cancer. Siggy Flicker is number four. She was crazy on, um, on um, Real Housewives of New Jersey, just like a little bit too much. Brandy Glanville's on that list. We know why. I mean, she's just like the one we love to hate. Number six, Jim Marchese, husband of Am- Amber Marchese on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I... find this interesting because there is a curse of the gyms on the Real Housewives franchise in general. We have have Jim Bellino, Alexis's ex-husband, who we talked about a couple weeks ago. We have Jim Marchese, who is literally on this list. We have my ex-husband, Jim. I think there might be another one, but we're trying not to remember the gyms. But if if there is a gym to come on the franchise in any type of capacity, we know that our red flags are up. Um, so number seven, we have Mary Cosby and she's from Salt Lake City. She, I thought she was entertaining to watch. I really actually liked her. And then number eight, we have Daniel Stops on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I swear when I saw her face, I was just like taken aback by her. She, she was just like one that I never, I just couldn't with with her. I couldn't ever jump on board with that one. Okay, so that's it for the headlines. Now I want to get into Lala. She. And I have met, um, we've only met one other time and we just instantly clicked. We have so much to talk about. We're going to talk about our relationship similarities, but we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. We're going to try to talk about sex, 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 sex. That's what we're here for. I'm going to ask her her most embarrassing moments. We're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules. So let's not wait another second. Come on in, Lala. Lala.
3: This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually
4: perfect home, sweet home.
2: Lala, you are a freaking superstar. You have you have a successful podcast, Skincare Line, a Lala Beauty. You have a book, Give Them Lala. Welcome to the show.
5: Thank you for having
2: me. I'm so excited to have you. We did your podcast recently and we talked about, we we have a lot in common in our relationship past.
5: Well, I think all of that bonded us. Like I felt like I knew your story and you knew mine and you on my podcast was like one of my most favorite episodes that I've ever done. So I'm so grateful that you did that.
2: I love doing that, that podcast with you because I knew that we were kindred kindred spirits in that way. And whenever you reached out to me in my DMS, I thought, okay, like, I know your story without even hearing your story. And I got so much feedback from, from doing your podcast. So many people, women reached out to me saying, thank you for, for validating my experience through sharing yours.
5: That's, I just got chills with you saying that because you know, when, when the relationships that we were both in ended, it maybe was um, about those men for a split second. And then It wasn't about them. It was about the overall and how these types of men affect us and the lasting effect they have on us. But them being narcissists, they think it's about them. And it's like, oh, baby, this stopped being about you a long time ago. This is about women stepping into their power now. And you just happen to be a small, you know, grain of sand in this story.
2: Yes, and it doesn't the ultimately though, it doesn't matter what they think because it's not a like you said, it's not about them. Right. And you know, since we last talked, I decided that I'm gonna do a wellness retreat in Sedona in February. And so as I'm planning this wellness retreat for women, it's all about mental health and introspective growth. I and and I'm booking um I have a celebrity psychic booked. I have um
5: Wait, Megan, I'm coming
2: you're coming you you have to come no, february 9th 10th 11th mark your calendar
5: okay just
2: dona amara resort it i have sound bath sweat lodge like it's going to be insane and as i do this for for other women to bring us together, i'm like this is going to change my life yeah my life you know i'm learning as as i'm growing and what i've seen lala why i brought this up is um a lot of these These experiences that I'm booking, they say that they help uh, grow from trauma, help you heal from trauma. And every time is listed in there, um, divorce, um, narcissistic abuse, um, domestic violence. Because like we talked about on your podcast, those are often not thought of with the experiences that we've come out of and survived. But what that is, is real trauma. It's real PTSD. And you and I are doing okay now.
5: I think that's the biggest thing here is when people slide in my DMs and they ask, how will I ever, you know, leave this relationship and be okay. And I wish that I could show them the strength that they possess that they don't even realize and you will be okay. And with time, healing does come with time. And I've found that that is a real thing, but also I'm noticing, you know, moving forward and getting into other relationships. That's when I realized that my trauma is still very much present and I've got a lot of work to do, but I am okay.
2: Yeah, you're okay. And you have the self-awareness to know where you stand. Right. And uh, Okay. So I was reading through your bio like I do, and I know that you're you're sober and sobriety is huge for you, but this is what I was thinking about, and this is what I wanted to ask you. So you wrote about your sobriety in your book, Give Them Lala. Yes. And so when I read, when I read that, it kind of stuck with me and I'm asking and made me ask myself, I wonder if writing about sobriety gives you a certain level of accountability to stick with it. Like, does that help you stay sober or how do you stay sober?
5: When I was writing the book and I was venturing back into all of these moments that had I not been drinking, they most likely would not have happened. It was, it was a purge. And I am in a 12 step program and there is a lot of, you know, you look at your life and certain steps that you have to do and they're very difficult because you, you have to take accountability. Even if something you feel wouldn't have happened to you had this person not, you know, Mm -hmm. unloaded their shit onto you, you have to acknowledge what your part was. And so writing this book, I definitely, it was, pen to paper. Oh my gosh, I'm reading my story. And these things did happen. So I want to say, yes, looking back on all of these things, it definitely keeps, it helps to keep me sober because I never want to venture back into that state of mind ever again. And then the guilt that comes with, you know, waking up in the morning going, oh my gosh, what did I do? Why did I do that? It's just not worth it to me. So yeah, I I know that feeling. We all do. Anyone who's ever had a drink or gotten drunk knows the the feeling of the Sunday scaries. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, is every morning was a Sunday scary for me. And getting sober was the greatest gift I've ever given to myself. It's the greatest gift I've ever given to my family. And it comes before, it comes before everybody. So I'm, I'm in my program and that also helps for me to stay sober.
2: And you're only 32, right?
5: yeah I'm thirty two. I've been sober for just a little over four years.
2: That's incredible that what you've done in your life so far is is so much so much. I mean you're 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 a machine. I, I was gonna ask you, do you think you're an old soul?
5: Yes, I do think I'm an old soul. I feel like I've been here before. I've lived a lot of times and I'm very into psychic mediums. Um, you too. Yeah. I had a feeling when you said (laughs) someone would be a part of your retreat that you're doing. Uh Um, and he, his name's Chris Medina and he kind of co-signed on the fact that I'm an old soul and said, you know, your rock bottoms are going to look different than other people's because you check yourself before shit gets really bad. And that stuck with me.
2: <laughs> that's something too, though. You, okay, so you're in a 12-step program. But sometimes I've I've heard the saying, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to be like, make light of this. But there's something that's like, you're too smart to get sober or something like that. And it's basically saying you're an overthinker and you can justify anything. And mm-hmm. it seems like that's how you are. You're so You're smart as a whip. And so you could be, I feel like, fall into the category of too smart to be sober if you wanted to.
5: Well, every th- I justified all of my actions, especially when I was drinking. And I don't really know exactly why I decided to get sober because that morning that I said I'm done with this, nothing had happened to me that hadn't happened a million times before. So it was almost like divine intervention. I felt like my dad was there saying, you know, you're mm-hmm. better than this. And it's it's just that time to really you know, start living your life the way that you deserve to be living it.
2: Sorry. Oh, Lala, that's so beautiful. And I didn't know that your dad had passed. So he's, you feel him with you throughout your sobriety.
5: Oh my, through my sobriety, through the amount of blessings that have landed in my lap since he passed away, getting sober, you know, going through what I'm going through right now. It's like where I am in my life, This past year, I never in a million years would have thought that this is what my journey would be like. But I go back and think, you know, this is the reason why, like every moment that I've had in my life, whether it was as a child, my mom telling me to be independent, don't rely on anybody, don't rely on a man, me having all of these experiences that led me to get sober, it was all to prepare me for what my future held, which was this past year. Like you got to have it together. You're gonna have to have your head right at all times. You're gonna be fighting for the well-being of your child. Like this is this is what we've been preparing for our entire lives.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you did it.
5: And did I it did it. And
2: you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, you are. So this is a podcast about sex. So I have to ask, what's the difference between sober sex with a new person and not and drunk sex?
5: I love this question. I was so terrified to have sex sober because I had never done it before.
2: (gasps) Ever? Well, like once you're in a relationship.
5: I was in a relationship when I was, I got into a relationship when I was in my alcoholism and then I got sober with this person. So I was already comfortable. But as far as like being out there in the world sexually with nothing to like numb what's happening, you know, right? (laughs) You don't want to be numb, but at least you've got some liquid
2: courage. Right, right. Less inhibitions. No. Right.
5: So I finally had sex for the first time, like this summer, sober, Woo-hoo. right? snap for me. And I had never squirted in my
2: whole life. And I did. <gasps> oh my squirted God, myself. no way. <laughs> so now do you keep squirting? I... Like, is it a thing?
5: Like, you know what to do? That has never happened Megan, I used to watch porn where that would happen. And I'm like, these bitches are so filthy. And then it happened to me and I was like, (gasps) this is awesome. (laughs) Oh, no way. You loved it. I loved it. But I think he just knew what he was doing because I've slept with other people since then. And it's just not like I'm not a squirter by any means. Am I oversharing?
2: Of course (laughs) not, though. This is the this is where we talk about this kind of stuff. We talk about everything here. So you so he knew what he was doing. Has he come back for more? Have you gone back for more?
5: Oh, we were coming back
2: for more. A lot. Yeah. Coming. The key word. Coming and coming. Yes. <laughs> yes. Coming and coming back for more. Oh, my God. OK, so I want him to come on the show and tell my boyfriend how to do those tricks.
5: What Whoever taught him needs like some sort of award because I've it was mind blowing.
2: <laughs> so you, did you have multiple org- orgasms with him?
5: Oh, yeah, we had a heyday. I was like, oh my hold God. up. This is what it's supposed to be. Sober
2: sex. <laughs> Sober right. sex for the win. How long did you see him? Are we just fucking?
5: We we were talking. I don't want to say we were dating, but we were doing more than just like having sex. Like, yeah. But you got to know when to fold them. And now my roster has been now we're venturing into a different season of our of my life. Okay. So I've cleared the roster. I'm not sleeping with anyone right now. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm like laser focused on the future and what needs to be done. And I can't have any distraction. And when a man is making you squirt like that,
2: he is <laughs> that's distracting. <laughs> that's distracting. I mean, you sound like my brother. He's focused on his business right now and he can't date anybody. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what that feels like really. Cause I'm just like, I'm constantly in a relationship, but which is, you know, my own journey, but like, um, yeah, that's for another podcast. Um, so, so your sober sex is great, but when we talked last, you, we were talking about this, this bench, you know, this to keep, you know, this bench of Ross on the roster of men, the little black book. So now you've cleared the bench, you're empty. I'm empty. And I loved reading about you in the tabloids a couple of weeks ago with this mysterious tatted man that you seem to oh. be dating. Tell me he, about that.
5: He's the one that was making me squirt, girl.
2: <gasps> oh, tatted man. He's hot.
5: He is very good looking, he's very handsome. And, you know, he needs to share his goodness with the world.
2: And he, he's a model, right?
5: I don't know if he's a model, but I know he has modeled. I think there's a difference.
2: There's a difference. Big time. Yeah, Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Anybody's a model, right?
5: I don't know. I was just there for the fun. For the squirt.
2: Was- <laughs> for the fountains.
5: I was there for the squirt.
2: <laughs> when, when, so when were you guys last together? Until you, until you, when you cut it off.
5: I want to say like three weeks ago. Oh, this is
2: recent. I mean, no, we'll never I- say never.
5: No, we'll never say never. I've learned to never say never. I just, I'm, I'm as choosy as it sounds. I'm choosing me in every single situation Mm -hmm. that I go into. I just don't have the time to think about anybody else's feelings. And when we start going venturing into, okay, feelings are getting involved. I just can't handle that.
2: That's amazing. And I need to practice what I preach because I hear you saying this to me. And this is, this is exactly what, what pe- women what people should be saying to themselves but w- for me and i think for a lot of women in general if we want to have another baby like you know i don't know if i i don't i have 3 i'm fine but like if i did want another one i'm 38 years old and so i can't just really kind of lay back and you know take that time for myself even though that's what i really need to be doing in order to heal to be in a place where i could have another child it's like this vicious cycle you're just doing it the right way
5: I don't know that I'm doing it the right way, Megan. I'm just doing it however it feels right to me, which also is scary because my gut has been so off and just my picker has been off. So I don't necessarily trust my decision making when it comes to allowing other people into my world and who they may be and what their motives may be. So it's just easier to say, you know what, we're, we're going to be by ourselves for a sec. And then when we start the healing process and there's some resolution in my life, then we can think about bringing other, like another person into the mix.
2: Right. Makes sense. So you don't have to say anything about this if you don't want to, but I, I have some, some thoughts on this. So I just read an article, um, that, you and uh, Randall Emmett your ex his ex Amber Childers mm-hmm. are you he Randall believes that you two are supposedly working together quote unquote to destroy his reputation. And so I read the article and what what really stuck out to me was I was like this is this is brilliant. You know two women working together to for the health and uh, and um safety of their two children of their children I don't I don't know two children
5: There's three total. She has two and I have
2: one. So for the health and safety and best uh, interest of the three children, I think that's a beautiful show of coming together if it is happening. And in addition to that, I I find it interesting that Randall wants to go freaking public with that and with his crybaby attitude and act like he's the victim again. Like the ability for an individual of his level of narcissism to be able to spin that from the best intentions for, of his children to, to his two exes attacking him is just disgusting. That is the best case scenario that the two mothers of, of his children come together, have a relationship, keep the kids, you know, around each other. If that's what you so decide and just basically make sure they're safe and healthy. And yet he makes it about him.
5: Right. And I thought it was so funny because he, in those, in those articles that were written, he was speaking in first person. He obviously spoke to publications and I've been in the LA family court system for a year now. And I will say someone having a bad reputation has never given the other parent an upper hand in the custody battle. Him being labeled, you know, a shitty business person or whatever they may be saying is never going to be, oh, well, his reputation is bad, and that's going to affect the custody of the child. It just doesn't work that way, so it doesn't even make sense. The other thing is, you know, he's obviously a narcissist, and he will place the blame wherever he possibly can. His reputation has been horrific in Hollywood since I was, like, a junior in high school, so you can't blame that on me. Like, you got to face the music, and these are your actions, look in the mirror.
2: The LA times knows it. Everybody, well, and knows
5: it. by the way, the only, the only, um, comment that he made in the LA times through his PR person, Sally Hoffmeister, who please note was also brought on as Harvey Weinstein's publicist. That's who mm-hmm. Harvey. brought on. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, Damage control.
5: Yeah. Let's just look at mm-hmm. how that, spade spade. that they, they wanted to blame that article on me. And it's like, Number one, who do you think I am that I could get the L.A. Times to just write a, you know, 53 page document it's huge. On this person over custody? You know, like at, at what point right. do you, do we say this guy's up in the night? I mean, he's trying to blame me for, you know, his ex assistant filing a racial lawsuit. Like how how does that what does that have to do with me?
1: What does yeah, that it's the always- Times article
5: have to do with me? So, it's very transparent, but it's very on brand, and that's why right. I just let him do his thing. It, I, I love dealing with people like him because you just gotta hand them the shovel; they'll do the digging themselves.
2: <laughs> I love it. Well, is he is he smart?
5: I mean, reading what I've read, I want to say not really.
2: I mean, that's the dangerous part. If they're smart, you know, it gets a little.
5: I think for a long time, he was very smart and narcissists can't keep the mask on forever. And when it starts to fall, it's very interesting to watch how they react.
3: This is Amy Brown from four things with Amy Brown today. Healthier is happening at CVS health in more ways than you've ever seen. To see more, visit CVShealth.com slash Healthier Happens Together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
0: These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: I want to talk to you about some um some light, lighter things. So I was just I was just talking about Real Housewives headlines and it got me to thinking if you would ever be a Real Housewife of Beverly Hills.
5: I never say no to opportunity. I'm obsessed with The Real Housewives. I've watched every single episode of Every Single City. No way. No. Oh, like I know you, Megan, like the back of my hand.
2: Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot has changed since the days that you saw me.
5: No, I know, but I I, I went to BravoCon and so many people, you know, would come up to me and say, "I feel like I know Know you and I understood because I'm right. like, I feel like when I see the housewives, I know everything about them.
2: I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you, you know? mean too. <laughs> like you fangirl back and forth.
5: Yes, I was a huge fangirl. So if that opportunity came my way, I would absolutely say yes. When do we start? And I would definitely hire a stylist, especially if it was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because I'm not about to roll up with Derek Kemsley.
2: No. Like this. no, no, no. That is definitely a fashion show. So which. Which your favorite to watch?
5: I always loved Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. New York was one of my favorites. I don't know how I feel about them doing this like legacy and new cast. We'll reboot see how, thing. Yeah, the reboot, the OG cast was just like lightning in a bottle. And then OC never disappoints.
2: You still like OC even after all the changes?
5: Last year was a little bit of a struggle. But I'm not the type to write off a city just because they had one bad season. You know, you've got to allow growing pains. Well, they'll figure it
2: out. You're ride or die.
5: I'm a ride or die. Like this season, Salt Lake is a little boring for me. But I'm like, it's their third season. They're just they're They're going through their growing pains just sooner than I would have expected.
2: Giving them a chance still. So who do you who do you love? Who are some of your favorite cast members? And then. Your least favorites. Other than me, of course.
5: You're always a favorite in my book,
2: baby. Thanks. Um,
5: I love I love Bethany Frankel. I'm a diehard. I love Dorinda Medley. I'm obsessed with Melissa Gorga.
2: You like the crazies.
5: I do. I Uh appreciate the crazy. I appreciate someone who can entertain me and their their mouths are just like the ultimate weapon. Like I appreciate the art of that. Yeah, all outspoken women. Oh, very much so. I don't even think I have, have a least favorite who I'm like, because I feel like if they weren't my favorite, they last, they weren't on. on yeah. like Carlton who? From Hill. Do you remember Carlton from Beverly Hills? She, um, no, she, she was only on one season. She practiced. Um, is it wicker Wicca
2: Wicca? Yes. Wicca. I do remember her.
5: I love her. Joyce, here we go. Joyce, not my favorite. Like okay. I could see why people are like she's annoying.
2: <laughs> see, like I I don't keep up like you do, so I don't even know who Joyce is. She's you the from- can of worms by asking. I love it. Well, see, I love this this kind of stuff because my least favorite is is Vicky Gunvalson, who I was on the show with for three years, and I have good reason for her to be my least favorite. She was pretty nasty to me, and she and we never had a friendship. And I think she's a liar and, um, I think she's just kind of fake, but as a viewer, tell me me how you really feel about her. Right. Right. Whatever. We're fine. But as a viewer, I didn't hate her.
5: Okay. what I mean, but I love that you can, you can look at it from, because you were a part of it, but also as a viewer, you can appreciate that aspect of her.
2: Totally. Can you, as a cast me- member of Vanderpump, can you appreciate that aspect of it from like the like 30,000 foot view looking down at the show?
5: Absolutely. Especially this season. Like I look at it and I go, how did some of y'all act that way? But as a viewer, I'm going, oh my gosh, this is going to be incredible.
2: <laughs> do, do you ever feel like that's toxic for you?
5: I've done a lot of work with compartmentalizing real life versus real life. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to say I step into a character, but I do in the sense that to remain sane, I can't take it home with me. So even though it's real life and things are happening, I have to say when this camera shuts down, I'm going home and I'm stepping into Lauren from Utah, who is a mother who's yeah. dealing with a lot of crazy shit right now. And This season saved me because it took me out of of my reality that I am focused on from the time I wake up to when I go to bed at night. This brought me into, even though my friends were deeply affected by some of the things that happened, I want to say compared to what I'm having to deal with, it was very lighthearted for me.
2: Hmm. Okay.
5: Horrific. I don't mean to like.
2: That does kind of sound horrific. It sounds it's. It sounds horrific in the sense of your own personal real life, not in the show sense.
5: Yeah, I I don't want to like water down what my friends are going through because I feel like it's all relative and, you know, I could be going through this and someone could be going through that and how we feel could be the exact same. But for me personally, it felt nice to be like, oh my gosh, we're talking about things that aren't as heavy as what I have to deal with.
2: Well, perspective is always great to have too, you know, and that's what you, you had, but pain comparisons are, they're not healthy for anybody and, you know, it doesn't work like you were saying. That's not the point. The point is we're all allowed to feel what we feel. So I totally understand what you're saying. And Lauren from Utah is your real name.
5: (laughs) And you said it correctly. Everyone called me Lauren.
2: Oh, I, that's interesting. Lauren and Lauren. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I do say it correctly. Thank you. There yeah, is a Lauren.
5: Difference. People are like, I'm saying it, Lauren. I'm like, all right, this is just call me Lala. That's fine.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Forget about it. So, um, I was, I read this other article. It was like listing the top 10 worst cast members, but mainly just people on the housewives. And I was wondering if you could list the 10 worst people featured on Vanderpump rules. Doesn't have to be a cast member. Oh,
5: it doesn't have to be a cast member.
2: No, just like somebody who, you know, people would know who who, somebody who was like mic'd up or, you know, was in the scene.
5: I would say the first one would be, I think his name's Kevin Lee. And he did a lot of like party planning for Lisa. And he body shamed Katie and talked about her weight and all these things. And I thought it was completely inappropriate and horrific. So he would be my top.
2: All right, number one. Congratulations, Kevin. You've earned yeah, it.
5: He definitely gets number one.
2: Yeah, and you and Katie are really close, right?
5: Katie and I are extremely close. We had our moment, and then I think we had our moment because we're so much alike. Uh-huh. So yes. And then um before I was on the show, I want to give it to the girl from Miami who was gonna fly who flew in. Just to out Tom Sandoval for hooking up with her while she was in while he was in a relationship. I was like, "You seem messy. You seem desperate." I didn't like. Yeah, that.
2: I don't like that either. That's just that's just like a she wants to be in front of the camera at whatever cost.
5: Yes, I think my I don't know that I have ten Megan. That's a lot. Tens a
2: lot. Tens a lot. Is but
5: because we keep. Vanderpump is different in the sense where it's like, if you're not a cast member, like it's a rare occasion that you're going to get any sort of airtime at all.
2: Right. I mean, there's a lot of cast members on that show.
5: Yeah, there's a lot. And then season eight, we had like a lot of new people. So I did not enjoy having this girl named Danica on. I think she's cool now, but like at the time I was like, this ain't hitting. And then, you know, Charlie's always an interesting one. She appears, this season but she does these lives sometimes where she's like wasted and says crazy things which relatable been there done that even sober so like i can <laughs> do that. but it's like not i want to tell her like i've been here before don't do it
2: like kelly dodd style a little bit okay yeah i'm familiar or like Bre- um brandy blandville she's Oh my gosh, speaking of Brandy, I got it. So I had her on last week and you're going to die. So I was telling her the story about how oh, I'm going to repeat it. How I went um to I went on a ski trip like last year and I met this guy on the slopes. We start drinking and the next thing I know I'm in his hot tub, just the two of us, I'm naked and we're hooking up and he like puts his hand down there and he pulls out a tampon. I had forgotten. No. Yes. Yes. And we're in and we're like outside. So he and I don't know how to react. So he literally just like flings it off into the woods. Like happy hunting little deers. Don't choke on the tampon. Okay. So so I'm telling. I know. I know. So I'm telling the story to Brandy. And I was like, Brandy, have you ever had a story like that? Anything embarrassing like that? Listen to this. She says that she was hooking up with a guy, drunk, had forgotten that she was on her period, and he went was going down on her, and he said, "Don't worry, you have a tampon in, but don't worry about it. Let me get it." He took her bloody tampon out with his teeth and held it in his teeth.
5: Who are these men, and where are you finding them? I don't and then know
2: about it. went down on her. Um. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. I was like, I think you topped me. And she thought it was sexy.
5: She thought it was sexy. Uh-huh. I'm of, I i don't like blood. So I, I actually am shocked that I don't go into full like blackout, smack my head on the ground when I start my period every month. Right. Just cannot deal. I think I would vomit.
2: Do you have sex when you're on your period? No. So you really, you're anti, you're anti.
5: Yeah, because I just don't like blood that much.
2: Yeah. Well, it's there when you're in your period.
5: Yeah. So it's yeah. not like even get my blood drawn and now you're wanting me to like, basically like roll around in it. No,
2: I'm good. I think it's hot. Like, I think it's hot. I don't know how I'd react to the brandy tampon vampire teeth situation, but <laughs> I definitely like to laugh about that it.
5: That person had to have been wasted or like, where are these men that you, I, where are you finding them? I don't understand. Like S and M places. Know.
2: Well, I don't know. I found this guy on the slopes. Literally, I shared a chairlift with him. But like, that wasn't that gross on his part. Like, it was gross on my part.
5: Yeah, no, him taking it out and flinging it into the woods, like, whatever. Judging (laughs) him for littering, but it's fine.
2: Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Hopefully, it it was a biodegradable one. Let's hope for that. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me an embarrassing story that you have. Can you top ours?
5: An embarrassing story.
2: Embarrassing sex story. Something like that. Like, did you ever like fart or like nasty or like something? No,
5: I've never farted. I actually don't really have any embarrassing ones because I'm very, I just, that's like my worst nightmare.
2: Something like gross or weird happening. That's
5: my worst nightmare. I will say though, when I was with my high school sweetheart and we banged it out in my Bedroom when my parents mm-hmm. were downstairs in the kitchen, and I remember queefing for the first time, and we yeah. both
2: looked at each other like, "Oh, what is that? <laughs>
1: no
2: way! That's really that's kind of a sweet moment. You're both in high school, and you're like our first queef. <laughs> <laughs> what, what position were you in?
5: I was, we were on the ground and I was literally like kind of tilted back on my butt and like I had my like knees up like this and uh-huh. I kept, and I knew where it was coming from, but it had never <laughs> happened to me before and he was in front of me and I kept, and I like pushed on my stomach and it happened again. And we were, no way. Like, oh my God, what is You
2: just, what you wanted more. You were ready for more. It's like, you're playing the flute down there. <laughs> You're like a member of a band. Your parents are like, oh, look at them practicing their instruments. They're so cute. So now we know about your first queef and your first squirt.
5: I so needed you to make me laugh like that. That felt so good. Oh, my God.
2: Why? Why why did you need it so bad?
5: Because there's nothing like better than having that sort of laugh. It's just such a release, right?
2: <laughs> like a queef and a skirt. <laughs> it's like, it's all in the same family. We're just sticking with the theme here, Lala. That's it.
5: <laughs> I want to hang out with you every day. No one makes me laugh like that. Thank oh
2: my you. God. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to do the retreat for sure. And I'm going to be in LA um in a couple weeks. So we should get together.
5: I would love that. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> yes, <for laughs> playing <sure>.
5: the instruments. <laughs> practicing their instruments
2: <laughs> well what did you do after that by the way so like you have sex with your boyfriend your parents are downstairs you just like put your clothes on and like hey great study sesh and we
5: went downstairs, downstairs. Hands. my parents like allowed me to have sleepovers with my boyfriend and my oh. dad was like not into it but my mom said like kent if they want to have sex, they're going to do it. So they're either going to do it at his house, in the car. Just, Wait, so that's it. where the
2: Kent came from. Sorry for the sidebar. I saw a squirrel. But yes. that's where Lala Kent came from.
5: Yes, I took on my dad's first name as my last name.
2: Did you do that when, after he had died or before?
5: No, I did that at the age of 12 when I first got my my very first um, agency. My friend and I got signed to the same agency and we were coming up with our you know stage names.
2: mine mm-hmm.
5: was Lauren, but I replaced the E with a Y last name Kent.
2: Look at you, twelve years old. That's twelve years old. I mean, most people when they do something that like that they're like what 25 or something and they're, it's like they big like change, you know their're big identity change. they're 25 moving to Hollywood. and you're right. like, oh, I'm 12. I was like,
5: just got represented by like my local Utah agency. This is a big moment.
2: I feel like that is kind of like very Utah. That's you know, like the child star, the agency thing. It does well, seem like very Utah kind of thing. What doesn't seem very Utah is actually turning it into a huge enterprise, like you're like a Kylie Kylie Jenner or something. Like but Lala I mean, can't.
5: We can only fucking hope. I mean, that bitch, what she's done, is pretty insane.
2: I wouldn't mind to be in front of my net worth.
5: <laughs> me neither. Let's mm-hmm. manifest that. You know what? Yeah. I, I never, I, I always knew what I wanted my future to look like when I was a child. I certainly didn't think that it would entail reality television, but I just rolled with it. And here we are. I just knew that I wanted to be in entertainment. And I told my high school counselor that when she kept hounding me to take the SAT and pick a college, I was like, you don't understand. I'm moving to LA and I'm going to be famous. And she was like, that is a very small percent of people that like make that happen. I was like, I can't wait to be a part of that small percentage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you're laughing all the way to the bank, which is amazing. That's amazing that you did that. And yeah, you said you didn't see the reality star portion, but you are you and you're able to share your story and inspire others through being yourself.
5: That's all I ever wanted is I remember saying that I wrote this in my book when I went into the seventh grade, my first class, they asked, like, what do you want, you know, your future to hold? And I said, I I'd like to be a role model for for Mm -hmm. other for other girls. And that was always at the forefront of my mind. Now, whether that's happening or not, I can only hope it is. I just, I can't shut up. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things that we need to talk about and I don't want to be afraid to talk about them.
2: Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. You're not only a role model for your daughter, but an inspiration for so many women, including myself, which is so incredible considering you're only 32 years old and you've done so much. And I can't wait to hang out in LA and do the retreat together and all the things and talk more sex. On I can't out. wait.
5: This was so much fun, Megan. This
2: Thank you so for fun. having me. Um, I'll queef you later. Uh, I yes, I you later, bench. All right. Bye, Lala. Thanks. Bye, guys. I always love talking to Lala because it just feels like I'm chatting with a good friend. And you guys get to be these voyeurs who get to listen in on these very real, candid conversations. I wish you could see how much she was cracking up. She was literally pulling away from the mic and her body was shaking. We're gonna hang out and we're gonna have to put this on like Instagram Live for you all to see. And I love that we got to probably the bottom. We got to the bottom of probably her most embarrassing moment she's ever had during sex ever. I can't believe we've got we got out the squirting and the queefing. I mean this is this is a whole new way to see Lala can everybody. We're gonna have to have her on again. But that was a fun interview. Thank you guys for listening today. We're gonna give you more what you want because if I know, you know. Okay.
0: Subscribe to intimate knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.